the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Isaiah 61. Unfortunately, you probably noticed by now, this is not Pastor Joe, but this is the next in line to take over the throne. Joe Sutton, also known as Juice, everyone's favorite comedian. Um, So today we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to finish talking about uh, the urban perspective of the police shootings. And some of you who are probably like, oh, I wanted Pastor Joe on the show. Well, guess what? We are bringing him in as a guest. He is on the phone with us right now. Dad, what's good? Oh, it's good. I'm, I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, planning a conference, a leadership conference, and and uh, let's do a great time, having a great time, Don. That's good. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it, but you know, who would do the show then if I didn't go? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every, everybody, everybody told me to tell you how, man. Uh, Richard, Richard B. of uh, our Daily Bread said you had everybody laughing last year, so. <laughs> So you got the CEO of our daily bread who remembers you, so you do good. Yeah, hopefully they get me to come in for a show or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so like you, you were basically talking about last week the urban perspective of the police shootings. Do you want to kind of recap uh, what you were talking about last week before we get into the question Q and A? Yeah, you know, you know, a lot of times, you know, coming from my perspective, I don't expect everybody to understand you know, everything that goes on in the urban context. Neither do I understand everything that goes on in, in, in publishing or in, in media works. You know what I mean? It's one thing to read about something. It's another thing to live it. And just listening to my brothers and sisters in Christ and how this issue has caused us to be divisive and, and over, over what happens, and you're not really understanding why. So I shared how I raised you guys, you know, never turn your back on the police. Always keep your hands out. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, cause a lot of people said, well, why didn't the people do what the police said? And, you know, in my lifetime, you know, most people that did what the police said ended up beat up or dead. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. that's the context that I had to work from. And working from that context, I had to let people know that there's a reason why sometimes uh, orders aren't followed, because some people have violated that. And, and though I understand the protection police have, from civil suits and even murder convictions, I just think they had to be a better job of screening police officers, you know, mm-hmm. from, from their mental perspectives. Because it's one of the things that we touched on here. Uh, we all have the same blood in our veins. We all come from Adam. We all come from knowing them. And, you know, the race, 
it gets categorized by how someone used you. And if Christians should understand that even our Lord was not viewed as Messiah because he came from Nazareth, because no one believed in any good thing could come out of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. You know, and even when he went back to Capernaum to do miracles of Nazareth, he couldn't do them because people didn't believe. And he said, you know, a prophet is not welcome in his hometown. But their attitude toward him, the only one to still see him as Joseph's son, the carpenter, and not embracing him as Messiah, caused him not to be able to do miracles in that situation. Yeah. And so when you have people in your community that don't believe in you, that don't believe that no good thing can come out of North Minneapolis, no good thing can come out of Chicago, no good thing can come out of your race, then when they do stop you, you know, engage you, you know what I mean? It's automatically a top-down engagement because you're not respected. Mm-hmm. You know, your life is lost, and it's lost. Somebody else's life is lost, and, oh, the future is going to be different. You know, and uh, I want to share a story with the listeners. Of one time I was called upon, I mean, this, the, the ministry God has given me to work with people, you know, involved in organized crime. But uh, a parent called me and said that nephew was being recruited for a game. And so it was Eden Prairie. I went out to Eden Prairie, took one of the guys with me, former gang member, saved Christian. We go out there. Uh, we take him to a steakhouse and talk to him about why he shouldn't, right? And we told him our, our whole goal was to flip him. In other words, get him to lead a game and come join us, which means come a member of the body of Christ. We want, we want to see you saved and walking with the Lord. So we're having this conversation talking about the negative and positive aspects of game, but the end result is death. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess one of the waitresses overheard what we were talking about and called the Eden Prairie police. <laughs> wow. I guess I guess the three black men were sitting at the table talking about, yeah, you know, were we going to rob them or rob the store or what? So we come out the store, and I see the police car on a lot. I get in, I start up, he starts up, I drive a block, I get pulled over. They run everything, they do everything. The guy in the car was thankful he wasn't driving. He said, because if I was driving, we'd be in jail. And they ran, you know, they ran my background. And the young man was hot. He was living, you know, because there was no reason to close over. I told him, I said, look, you didn't even pray. You don't experience this. Mm-hmm. Well, we are. This happens all the time. It's just routine. It's with the territory. We don't take it personal. You know what I mean? Because automatically, you know, they didn't believe that we were in that restaurant doing good, stopping him from joining the game. They immediately interpreted it as we were doing the game business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get called in. So when you had that kind of, that kind of viewpoint that people view you, and view your philosophy, view where you're going, you know, it, it's hard to prove to that group of people that where you are. It took, I just want my brothers and sisters in Christ to understand that it's not something we get mad about or angry about, but it's, it's a reality that you have to face. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, and that don't be quick to, you know, to think that we deserve it. Because not everybody, yeah. as you know, in the hood is gangbanging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we had 10 kids come through our house, adopted, birthed, everything. All of y'all make good money, go to, went to college, scholarships, or academics. 
and you're from the hood. Yeah. <laughs> and that's 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 one thing that I that I tried to communicate like when I was in college and that was a topic that always came up with the issues is like you, you not everybody is categorized in that same category and it's like they they tell us that not all police officers are bad but it's at the same time it's like not all kids from the inner city are bad either and it's like take the time to get to know the people in the community and then you'll realize that it's not as bad as like the media makes it seem and it was funny because I had a I had a class and they were kind of um, they were talking about the inner city and how um, and how some of the shootings. This is around the Jamar Clark um, issue. And so I took I asked a bunch of guys, I was like, hey, you know, as Christians, we're called out to go and make disciples. So I was like, why don't y'all come back with me to the north side? Because there was a um, like a Black Lives Matter rally by the fourth precinct. And I was like, why don't you guys come with me? Um, and then we can, you know, evangelize and pray with these people and do all these things. And out of all 32 people in that class, only three of them went with me. <laughs> and when they came, they realized it was a lot like the, the protest was a lot different than what they had seen on TV. Like there was there was food, there was music, there was prayer, there was dancing. And this was all peacefully in front of the precinct. And um, and this was the and this was the rally that uh, three of the protesters got shot at. And so that changed their whole perspective. And when we went back to that class, they were like saying, like, listen, it's really not as bad as the Internet makes it seem. And my whole process with that was the fact that you're judging someone based off of what you see on television and not actually getting to know them. And it goes both ways, kind of plays an effect on how the perspective of what you see from outside of the inner city and that's and that and it's funny that you say that because that's that's something that I don't know. I've, that's what, something that I feel like a lot of people get frustrated about is like not everybody is like this. Not everybody who goes through these situations is considered a thug or you bring up his criminal record or something and something like that. Or he stole some Skittles or little little things like that is like those play a big part in how people outside of the inner city see people inside the inner city. What do you remember when you was trying to catch the train and all those white people at the train stop told you, don't pay, just get on with us. And they mm-hmm. didn't pay. And when you got out to the mall, who did the cop stop? Me. I got a citation. You, you didn't yep. check. Nobody <laughs> else didn't check anything. Two little black kids got out the train, immediately wanted to check them to see how they pay. When when you listened to the crowd, they went with the crowd. And, you know, as I've always told y'all, you might go to school with them, but you can't be like them because mm-hmm. you're not going to get judged on the same level. And and and, and it's not a it's, it's it's not a thing. It's just like being a Christian. When you're a Christian, and you're at your job, people hold you to a different standard. Mm-hmm. They talk about your faith, but then when you come outside of it, then they criticize you for not following it. So you you you, you can't do anything about it. But now you imagine that that's your environment that you grew up in, and the school system doesn't believe in you. Police don't believe in you. Nobody believes in you, and they keep confessing this over you all the time. And so you start thinking, well, I, 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 my neighborhood is this, so I, I might well be this. Mm-hmm. You know, I might as well be this. You know what I mean? And, and that's the thing that, that, that we as believers have to come out of our, our purpose zone. I mean, I've had people listen to the radio program, but then when they find out where the church is, they won't come visit the church. But they're scared their car going to get stolen or they're going to get shot. You know that. We couldn't even yeah. have your high school open house at our house. Because <laughs> Nobody wanted to come. Yeah. Kids. Yeah, come in. we had to go over to the park 
mm-hmm. know, because parents didn't want their kids on the north side. Yeah. Not the fact that we live there every day. It ain't nothing happened to us. But, you know, that, that, that's there. And that's the stigma you have to live with. Mm-hmm. And, and it gets frustrating. And, you know, and you expect, and I, I just expect a better response out of my brothers and sisters in Christ because they know that's what Jesus had to go through. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, but, you know, it makes you strong, as they say, right? <laughs> but don't yeah. see it makes you strong. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> so I would say, um, as we wrap up for our first commercial break, my, my question before the commercial break would be for you. Um, how how do you um, expect urban leaders or Christian urban leaders or even just people in the urban city who are Christians in general to uh, to react? Like what are the proper standards biblically to react to these situations of um, what we are considering as injustice? I think the first thing we always have to do is that we have the greatest advocate in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And we've been given a ministry of reconciliation. My job is not, my, I can judge, but I don't pass judgment. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's hurting, somebody's lost a loved one, or someone feels injustice. I'm commanded by Scripture to correct injustice. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, we can deal with the other stuff later on, but, you know, to come in there and to, to make an effort. I'm not going to judge a situation if I'm not in the situation. I'm going to find somebody that's in a situation to talk to me and give me that first-hand knowledge. I don't want it through the media. You know what I mean? We, we, we as believers know how the media twists us anyway. So mm-hmm. why do we believe them when they're twisting North Minneapolis and make it look like a, a death trap? Mm-hmm. When it's not. You know, I mean, it's not. I grew up in a neighborhood two miles square. You know, half the size of North Minneapolis. And we average 350 to 400 murders in that little bitty area every year. Yeah, you're talking about growing up in a war zone. You know, <laughs> I grew up in yeah. a war zone. You know what I mean? And and so, but but therefore, a lot of successful people came out of that war zone at the same because not everybody was was that way. But we, you know, we we just can't. We understand the power of the words that we speak, and we need to speak life mm-hmm. and not death. You know, and I, I say that's a, that's what I would I, I would say that leaders should always just speak life and yeah. come in and be reconciled. That's real. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. It's like, well, the way I kind of see it is, you know, it can either make or break you in a way you can conform or you can you can overcome. And you see a lot of the kids, especially from North Minneapolis, like Rashad Vaughn and the NBA and all of us are like doing different things because we we, you know, overcame those standards. And I think part of it is, you know, starts at home and having that that strong foundation at home and having people who encourage you like, I know this is happening, but you you're better than this. You can be better than this. You can do it. You can do it. And someone who's pushing you and it necessarily doesn't have to be, you know, if you don't have all your parents, but just having that mentor. And I feel like that's kind of what the church's role is, is to encourage the community to go out and, you know, and to serve as well. And so I feel like that's something that um, we as a church kind of lack at is, is being that, that intervener between the community and through Christ, because, you know, we just show up on Sundays and we're not really, doing much about it um but that's just kind of like that's kind of my take on it um and just like how i feel like i feel like we as a church could be doing more um and we just haven't been doing that and so that's kind of our encouragement to go out and you know reach all people and just love one another as christ has loved us and so i think that's pretty i think that's pretty cool that uh that you're taking that step on that and 
you know, and it's encouraging me to take that step on that and, you know, having a good time. So when the music comes, that means we're taking our first commercial break. Thank you guys for tuning in. But we are still here with my dad talking about how we as Christians deal with these adversities. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. TheFishTwinCities.com is home to the best in today's Christian music. The best melodies. The top artists. And the greatest message. Listen on TheFishTwinCities.com and with the free mobile app. The Fish Twin Cities. Safe for the whole family. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. It is yours truly, Joe Sutton III, also known as Juice the Comedian. Um, and I'm here with my dad, Pastor Joe Sutton, but he is not in the studio. He's actually over the phone. Um, so we, as we were coming back from commercial break, we were kind of talking about an urban pastor's response to the adversities that um, is going on with the police shootings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, Dad, I want to ask you, um, as a African-American parent, how— I know how you trained us, but can you kind of explain to the listeners how you would train your child into handling these situations? Well, I, I just think it's imperative. You know, I was told you guys that just because you got to go up in the address, you're going to be look different. You know, if the police ever stop you, you tell your address is a different story. It happens with me. It happens all the time. And, uh, and I just, I just tell you that, you know, Though you should be able to trust a public servant, you can't trust a public servant. You know, don't turn your back. You know, I shared with the audience about what happened after the drug raid. How they got, you know, bad address. Mm-hmm. You're handcuffed. M14s in your face, shot grenades, you know. No parent wants their child to go through that. But as we found out at 3D, in our community, about... 60% of the kids in our community have gone through, you know, house raids, you know. And statistics say about 70% of most urban kids have PTSD because of the violence they've seen, whether domestic, whether something that's in there. And if you don't have an outlet to deal with that, the benefit you guys had that most guys don't have, you have a father, mm-hmm. you know. So you, there's a rock there that can stand by you, and you can go at least think you got some backup with a dad, you know what I mean? But when you don't have a dad and you go through that, uh, when I nobody explained to you how to engage and handle, and it's not that you don't, well, yeah, it, it, you wish you could trust the police, but because of the actions of a few and the police don't police their own because they don't snitch, you know, you just have to be safe and take matters in your own hand, repeat everything back to the office, keep your hands up, 
You know what I mean? <laughs> I know some people who keep their driver's license around their neck in a lanyard mm-hmm. <laughs> just so they don't have to reach for their pocket. You know, people do what they need to do. Uh, you was cracking jokes about Velcro and yours on the dashboard. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, you know, and, and a lot of people don't understand that because they look at the police as, as they're to help, you yeah. know. When, when a lot of times you don't know what you're going to get. You don't get, and there's some good officers. You know, I mean, mm. I just don't know that there's some good guys. But you don't know whether you're going to get the good guy or you're going to get the bad guy. Yeah. You know, like I mean, the guy who doesn't Yeah. Yeah, your house <laughs> you're broken into, they hand you a blue card and just leave you there. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing sympathetic, nothing common, you know, just cold and abrupt. And, you know, but in other neighborhoods, they're real common, they're, they're nice, they sympathize, they even follow up, you know, and uh, and that's just the nature of the beast we live in. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of funny because like a lot of the uh, the police officers in the north side kind of, you know, we some of them we grew up with in the neighborhood. And those are the ones that kind of understand. Do you think that because a lot of the officers don't really know the community that well because they come from outside of the inner city, they kind of take a different perspective on it? Or what are, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's a true assessment. Matter of fact, uh, I'm here with a guy who, who who does profiling for the FBI and trains police departments. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he brought up is, is that they need to increase the screening and get rid of that military attitude of kill the enemy mm-hmm. and bring people in there that, that, that will understand to be more compassionate and more caring because that's the successful police work that you see in other, other parts of the world, whereas in America it's, you know, we just tend to be so geared toward violence that even yeah. the people who dare to stop violence, stop violence by violence by being more violent. Yeah, you know, like it's and, like and, Bruce uh, Willis Die Hard or something. Like every day. Is... Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they they didn't play too much Call of Duty, and they just uh-huh. don't know what to do. They want to jump out there and, and get antagonistic. I remember a guy pulled me over for uh, he had no reason, but then he gonna try to antagonize me and get me to bite. You know, by assaulting my manhood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Bite. I didn't bite. You know what I mean? You know, if I wasn't a believer, I would have bit it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And we would have went at it. You know what I mean? You know, because that's just the environment I come from. But yeah. I just set it off the way, you know, my mother's standing out in the cold waiting for me 20 minutes at the airport because this guy wants to try to rattle my feathers mm-hmm. and, and make me sit in the car and come back, say something real smart mountain. And I, and I knew what he was trying to do. I just didn't, I didn't go for it because I've been through it enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I can understand a younger brother would have got upset, got smart with him back. And the next thing you know, you know, you know, handcuffing you for, you know, whatever. Resisting mm-hmm. arrest, assaulting the officer. I mean, you know, I remember when my brother got arrested. They took him around the corner, beat him, swelled up above his eyes and lips. They tried to say he failed. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it, it, but you have no recourse. Yeah. Police are right. You know what I mean? That's just what you, that's what you go to. So, yeah. you know, in there. But, but, but the, the good ones, you know, they know the community, they pace it, they talk to you, and you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, and it's there. And, 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 but they'll tell you that they know the bad apples, but the bad apples get to survive. Yeah. I think, and I, yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of this is kind of, the bad is always overshadowed by the good. And, um, I, I, I really, I've found this guy on Instagram. His name is Officer Norman from Little Rock, Arkansas. I don't know if you heard of him, but he's, a uh, He's a real community person. He takes time to get to know um, the community personally. So he brings them like food and 
He plays games with the kids, et cetera, et cetera. And like on his Instagram, he tells the stories of a lot of the community leaders. And actually, crime in that neighborhood dropped 14%. Um, I was looking up. And that kind of rattled my mind a little bit is because, in a way, I think that a lot of the crime in the inner city happens because there are no strong relationships and they don't feel like they're cared about in a way. And so I feel like because he takes the time to show that he cares because, you know, the police's motto is to protect and serve. Um, he shows that. And by that, they respect him so much that, you know, that crime drops in a way. So, I mean, we got one minute. Can you kind of touch on that real quick? Yeah. I, I, I remember one time I was, I reported Robert. I saw these guys, they look suspicious. I called the police. They came and asked me to identify him. And when I go down to the station, the officer says, he goes, he gets up and closes the door. Can I talk to you in private now? Me, by my upbringing, if the officer's closing the door, he's about to, you know, he about to beat you. Yeah. Right. So I hear, here I am. I'm 50 years old thinking I'm about to get beat. And then the officer says, I'm a Christian. What can I do to help? And 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 that and that and that just was a relief for me to know that that even in my paranoia, it was somebody a believer God had in our community willing to help. Yeah. So thank you for listening to the show. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you tune in next week um, for another great episode. My name is Joe Sutton, the third. This has been real, and I love you guys. Have a great day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.